And welcome to the Share IDC podcast, the podcast where we talk about everything and anything, doesn't matter what or when or who or why, we will talk about it at some point. This is Lucas, and we talk about movies, songs, video games, board games, food, books, personality traits, animals, history, anything and everything we can think of, except politics. There's enough of that going on in the world. We can agree, disagree, or agree to disagree on any opinions, facts, or anything else that comes up in the episodes, because that's life. We're just here having a good time. So, today is a very special episode. Um, We have dived into the personality conversation. Um, If you missed that, you can always go back and listen to that. And talking about that particular conversation deals with many different variables, and One of those variables is the topic of psychology. Now, we haven't really had an episode where we dive deep into the psychology world, and this will be the first. The topic that we are going to discuss today involves counseling, uh, more so the pros and cons of counseling. And to talk with me today is a very special guest that I'm very excited about, and that is Dr. Cheryl Hale. How are you doing today? Good. It's great to be here, Lucas. It's good to connect with you again. Thank you so much for taking the time and being on the show. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. It's it's just an honor to be here. Thank you so much. That's awesome. So, um, yes, I'm so happy that you are on the show that we can have this conversation. Um, but uh, tell us a little bit about your kind of psychology counseling history a little bit. Sure. Um, coming out of, of high school, I knew that I wanted to help people. And I I think most of us in counseling either, uh, I would love to say it was altruistic, but I'm sure that path was driven by just a need to understand probably aspects of my own life, but then also to be able to understand um, other folks. And so kind of went into my bachelor's degree, uh, did not understand the full breadth of psychology. So I actually majored in sociology um, Mm. because I thought psychology folks were a little off. (laughs) You're like, I don't want to do that. I just had no idea about research and experiment. I was just very, very naive and thought, I'm going to go in and be a counselor and save the world. And <laughs> so I shifted into my my master's degree, and that's where I got a, a much better understanding of the breadth of helping people. And so I have a mm-hmm. master's degree from Mizzou in educational counseling psychology and really got a, a nice broad spectrum of, of exposure and practice and um after that, I started in uh, community mental health. I was able to work very briefly with adolescents and uh, mm. learned really quickly that uh, I was wired a little bit more for adults in that season of life. And when in, so I was an inpatient and outpatient, um, primarily with addictions and mm. helped to begin a few programs with folks coming out of prison on probation or parole and landed into some private practice, shifted back a little bit into mental health or into some community counseling Um and then, again, kind of winded back up in, in uh, private practice again before I kind of switched over to academics and uh, where we got to meet. So I, mm-hmm. I was t- I taught in psychology for uh, almost 20 years, for 19 wow. and a half years. And, and at that time, I got to really enjoyed um, not only practicing, I'm a licensed professional counselor, uh, but also working on my, on my doctorate. I got, a, a, again, more exposure about... Uh, not only the history of counseling, but 
really uh, the general population, the general public's understanding um, of how we've moved through some trends. We've had some really significant trends in the last 25 years and, and learning much more about trauma and just our mm-hmm. exposure to how um, events that um, some causes harm and some perceived harm and childhood and complex and all these things land into creating the, the filters and the lens through which we see the world and react to the world. And so anyway, we kind of landed there uh, today. So I, I do counsel, um, but right now I'm actually, uh, I work with a homeless mission. Uh, uh, we are um, one of the largest uh, missions that serve those who are facing homelessness and poverty in, in the wow. metro area. And so I've transitioned a little bit, but always maintained some of that counseling seat. So, yeah, that's awesome. That's that's so cool to hear, you know, helping people and just kind of and not just in specific, you know, you're not just focused on one thing. You know, you said, well, I helped kids and then I realized that, you know, I leaned more towards adults and then all of a sudden you're helping kids again in school settings. And, then, um, you know, so it's kind of you're kind of all over the place. It's not just, okay, I'm going to help these people. Right. Um, uh, we'll which... go with, I'm a generalist, not quite all over the place. That makes it sound a little bit more put together and classy, but <laughs> hey, definitely. all over the place is fine. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I am much more, I, I've actually never counseled, uh, worked with children, uh, actually, mm-hmm. uh, young children. I'm, I'm aware and have a little training, but I've always, uh, primarily adults, a few adolescents, mm-hmm. but, but really primarily adults. You counted as an adult in college. So you <laughs> did we though? I mean, did we really? <laughs> you did in moments. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's fascinating that you, you know, you said that you started um, not necessarily in psychology, but sociology, which I yeah. feel like a lot yeah. of people do. Yeah. Um, they, they don't quite, they, I think, I think people are well, not, I mean, you said you were, you know, you thought psychology people were a little messed up. Um, <laughs> a little, I thought they're a little weird. I'm like, oh, I'm yeah, a little weird. Of, Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I'm not one of you, but then I yeah. am. Well, so, I yeah. think people are almost scared kind of in a sense. Yeah. You know, they're kind of scared of the word psychology. They're like, oh, sure. well, yeah. sociology, that sounds fun. I <laughs> like right. that one. That, that's right. And it's kind of more for the lighthearted. You know, psychology is more for the dark, twisted <laughs> people, is. while sociology is more for the happy-go-lucky people. There so. you go. Well, I, you know, I think um, there was, you know, coming into the field, I thought it was all intuitive, you know, intuition and feeling, and I'd like to mm-hmm. listen to people. And then, and we hear that with, with students early on, you know, why do you want to be in counselor or in psychology? Because I'm a good listener, you know, I want to be in the helping field mm-hmm. and, and didn't really understand that really good psychology and really good counseling is empirically founded and has evidence behind it. It's, it's really scientifically based. I, yeah. I, I just hadn't heard that as a young student. So when we, was introduced to experiments and, and just the research and this, you know, that, that's not what I want. I, I want to help people. Um, so part of it was my own naiveness. And the other part, just to be honest, I, I think whenever we hyper-focus a little too much and don't have a balance, psychology focuses on, on really on human behavior, you know, the, the psychology yeah. of the soul, but, but the person is always in a context. So if we ignore the context, ignore psychology or sociology of, of individuals, as we collect and gather and the influence that we have on each other, we're really only exploring or understanding half of the human experience. Yeah. Um, so I think I kind of fell into that balanced perspective, but I, it's that natural curiosity, which I, which truly I think is the bedrock, hopefully of not only psychology, but counseling It's just, help us better understand human creation, but for the yeah. purpose to be able to help each other. And, and um, 
So they just give us a good balance to be able to kind of speak into both spaces. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you are talking about this because um, that is the main reason that I got involved in psychology. Um, so I haven't talked about my psychology history on here. I've talked about my theater history and some other stuff, but, um, you know, in college I was, I was halfway or maybe even over halfway done with college. Um, and I think I had gotten all my upper level theater Mm -hmm. classes done. I majored in, or I minored in like music or something. I don't even know, but, uh, I don't even know what my minor was. And I just remember it was kind of a weird, bad mm-hmm. semester at college. And I'm just kind of thinking to myself, what am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? What am I mean, who am I? Like, what yeah. am I? And I'm sitting in Dr. Elliot's, Jeff Elliott's uh, uh, intro to psych class that you have to take. Right. And I'm just thinking there, you know, writing down notes. And all of a sudden it just kind of hit me. It's like, oh, my gosh, psychology. I've always been interested in why people do what they do and how they do it. And, um, and I was just like, wow, I think I'm supposed to start learning about psychology. And I did it. Yeah. I, all of a sudden, halfway through my college career, started taking psychology classes where the teachers, including you were like, um, who are you? (laughs) Are you a new student? It's like, no, I've been here for two and a half years. You're like, oh, okay. Um, but I, you know, one of the things that I take credit, um, from psychology is I didn't, I had never, I always wanted to learn about what, why other people do what they do, Mm -hmm. but, and why people are who they are. But one of the biggest things that I take that, uh, I give credit to psychology and learning in classes and everything is I had no clue how much I would learn about myself. Yeah. And that is the key aspect. I think I am who I am to this day because I uh, got ingrained in psychology, 100%. I will take that to the grave with me. Um, So I definitely think that it was a for sure thing, Um, even if it was strange for me to just randomly show up being like, I'm a theater major. (laughs) It was a good Um, surprise for us. That that was good. Yeah, just you guys were all – you guys were so – um open you guys were so welcoming um it's just like uh it was just so great it was such a great experience (laughs) i loved every second of it and it's it's definitely a highlight of my college career and i i was in shows i mean i was in like 10 to 15 shows in college (laughs) (laughs) oh okay Um, wow but uh but yeah it's it's definitely um it's definitely a, a major part of my life and it all started with me just sitting in intro to psychology thinking yeah. I want, I need something else. And that was, yeah. that was it. So, yeah. But. Well, you know, e- even as you say that, I, I think it ties into um, our topic of even talking about counseling and that I think there's a, a preconceived idea or a stereotype that, that you go into counseling to be a psychologist when the truth is that the field mm-hmm. of study is really just about human behavior. And yeah. So at a, especially at a bachelor's level, if you're going to do anything with people, especially acting in a theater, to understand mm-hmm. that the the motive and and, and the the behaviors and the thoughts and the reasons, um, I, I can't think of another field that's going to help just dive into just the human psyche and behavior and reactions and 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 so on. And it's really anything that has to do with people 
um, to have just a, a foundational level understanding of human behavior can't but not help. You know, and then, like oh, I said, yeah. we're kind of our best own subject, right? If, mm-hmm. if, you know, and so psychology, especially when we start to look at counseling, we'll kind of break down some of those uh, misperceptions. But if anything, even what you said to walk away, you kind of walked away with some more resources. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you can just kind of leave, you, you've got some, whether that's self-awareness or knowledge or how to maybe better have a conversation with somebody who, uh, well, just a better conversation. Um, yeah. Those are just some skills and resources that it doesn't matter what field you go into, whether it's sales or theater or um, coaching or whatever it is, it's human interaction. Yeah. Well, and I always tell people, <laughs> I always tell people what I, when I, when they ask me what I majored in in college, I always say, I got a major, I got a BA in uh, theater and almost psychology. <laughs> That's right. That's so true. <laughs> I was like two classes short and I remember you were my, uh, you were my, what do you call advisor. it? Advisor. Advisor. Yeah. yeah. And I was trying to fit all these classes in to get a major, like in the last semester or yes. two. And you're like, Lucas, you're going to have like 27 credit <laughs> We cannot and do you're, that. These are like the hardest classes in the psychology department. Yeah. And I was all like, yeah, no, I think I'll just minor in it. That's right. But I go. think. I think I was only like one class short. Yeah. I think yeah. all I need to take is a, um, so what is it? Uh, Social psychology? At, no, it's not that. Yeah. It's the, uh, arith- not arithmetic. It's oh, the, statistics. Statistics. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Research method and stats. Yeah. 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 And I just remember yeah. you saying, this is a hard yeah. class. <laughs> yeah. And of course yeah. your husband teached it. So that's right. They taught it, teached it. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah. Yeah. But no, it was, it was a good time. Um, but, uh, but yeah, let's, uh, let's kind of move on with the conversation a little bit, but great time, great history. Yes, it is. Love it. Um, so, uh, I guess, you know, we can, you kind of mentioned it a little bit, but you can kind of highlight specifically, okay. um, you know, what specifically do you like about it? I know you kind of talked about it, you know, uh, helping people and stuff, yeah. but are there any specifics or just, you can highlight it over yeah. again really quick. I, I think when you, when I think about counseling, um, and again, it kind of goes a little counter to some popular ideas that, that some folks ha- have, especially in years past that, you know, you, you come to counseling because you're broken or you come because something's wrong or, you know, the old idea of, you know, if you're a head shrinker and I'm not really quite sure I understand what that means, but, um, but counseling is this really unique experience, whether it's in a group or in individual counseling where I get to be with someone and have the honor of, of being or at least presenting as a safe person so they can um, either learn to or just freely be vulnerable, knowing that um, there's no judgment, there's no shame. And, you know, if they're stuck, that's okay. We're going to walk alongside them and get to just be safe. And, and I just think in our world, it's, we use that word a lot, you know, be a safe person or find safe people. Um, that's really hard to do. And so I, I think it's the honor, um, regardless of where I've been, when I sit in that counselor seat, I'm always aware that it is an honor to be in the presence of someone who's needing assistance because it's mm-hmm. in those moments that they are often their most vulnerable. They're going to let you in. 
-hmm. Um, You need to take really good care of of what it is that they're about to expose and show or or ask of you. Um, We don't, I mean, our, our time on earth is really short. And to be able to know that in a moment you've had the privilege of being present with someone, it, it, um, I, I just, there aren't many greater honors than that. And so um, I, I think that's really what counseling is, whether that's someone who wants coaching um, or someone who's struggling with, should I finish this major or not? Mm-hmm. Um, or someone who's contemplating the, the value of life. And yeah. um, like I said, normally we just pass by people, but just to get to be present with someone, um, it's kind of staggering sometimes, but I think that, that, that is what, I mean, it's, it's a weighty responsibility, but it's also mm-hmm. a tremendous honor. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah, I agree with that hundred percent. It's a, it's truly an amazing thing when you can be present with someone Yeah. and, uh, and know that everything's a safe space. Um, yeah. So what about some, I don't want to say negatives of it, uh, but <laughs> yeah. are there any like bad aspects of it that you necessarily don't like? Um, how about challenges? <laughs> There's some, I, yeah, you know, yeah I, I think the challenges um, go back to that. If I'm not healthy, if I'm not taking care of myself, if I'm not mm. doing what I know I need to do, um, it's a really intentional space to have to put myself um, away and yet still as a person and professional be fully present and, and the obligations on me. And so if I have an individual that maybe has um, some higher barriers or challenges or a little less resourced and, and is struggling with some things that maybe somebody else wouldn't do, or maybe, you know, a little bit more reactive or, or having a harder time um, just in functioning um, it's, it's my obligation to be present and patient and, and therapeutic, right? To be goal oriented and intentional and be able to be adaptive. Um, and so I think there are challenges because we aren't robotic, you know, and, <laughs> Wait, nobody's and perfect. You know, we are, we aren't perfect. We get yeah. drawn in, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there's certain personality. I think there's a level of awareness that always has to be present. There's a mm-hmm. certain personalities or, or things that I've learned over the years. There's some struggles that some folks have, I just, I, I know from seasoning that I'm not going to be the most effective and I have to be able to not make sure my ego doesn't get in the way and, and have a healthy path, you know, for mm-hmm. them. And so I think it's the constant challenge of yeah. always making sure that we're aware that what I'm doing is for them and it is not about me but also being very aware of me because you can't really divorce yourself from the moment. Right. Uh, And so there's a, there's a, um, a tremendous effortfulness Mm -hmm. that happens, especially when you kind of, and a lot of counselors go back to back to back. And and I'll be honest, I have not dove into this yet. Uh, My respect for those that do high quality tele mental health is, is, is amazing. I've, I've thought about it. Uh, I imagine what it would be like and how to adapt for that. But um, to be able to provide in, in this pandemic, that shift to mental health um, mm-hmm. counseling over a screen, I know we can do it and, and I know it can be really good. Um, but the effort to be able to convey in a one dimensional space, something that's mm. very three dimensional, you know, I mean, I'm here with you and I'm, I'm present with you and I, you know, I can't actually, move my chair now to sit beside you, which I could do in my office, you know, or, um, I think sometimes the barriers and challenges are a little bit more even than, than they ever were. Well, and maybe that's, 
that that could potentially be the only time a person really truly has any human interaction in yes. a sense you yeah. know true human interaction right. yes or maybe maybe even good human interaction it's true it's true. um and so all of a sudden you know they don't have that i could see that being a very difficult thing to to right. um to overstep yeah. i guess or yeah. over yeah yeah okay. um you know, yeah I do. I do want to say that that I think that you know there's, there, not to be over over optimistic. I just think naturally occurring there are some silver linings. You know, I think with the pandemic, um, the hard part is the rise in anxiety, but the mm -hmm. other, but the other, the good part is the push for adaptiveness that we have um, telehealth and telemental health, which we never had before. So we have yeah. more people. Um, their mental health being covered by insurance and by assistance and by even by organizations. And now they can access mental health um, services in a way that three years ago were mostly unheard of. So five years ago were absent. So at least it, it's um, our fight is to find, to make sure that what we do adaptively is really good, but at least there is a lot more accessibility to it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that is, that is a big thing because I feel like one of the, one of the main struggles that people have is not knowing where to go. Yes. You know, it's, yeah, you know, it's not about the journey. It's about how you start the journey. And I think a lot yeah. of people yeah. don't know where to start. And if you don't start, yeah. you can never do that journey. Right. And Absolutely. so I think it's, a, it's a lot better to have these um, options that you were talking about to let yeah. people know that, Hey, this is available to you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think at every, uh, I mean, every job that I've had, meaning the two, <laughs> um, uh, um, they do have some form of uh, counseling, uh, you know, I don't want to say agreement, but they have like a, sure. a benefit where you yeah. can uh, go and talk to a counselor and then everything's, you know, hush, hush and no confidential. Right. They have like an, an employee assistance program, usually an EAP. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and, I, and it's even, I think it's expanded in the last couple of years, but most insurance companies or insurances that companies provide, yeah, do uh, your EAPs. That's cool. Yeah. If you're listening right now and uh, you have always been uh, curious about this topic, I mean, not to just, not to, not to plug here. <laughs> <laughs> but if you are listening and, and you have been curious about that, definitely yeah. talk to, you know, your employer or, you know, uh, talk, uh, try to find these. On, I'm guessing you can find them online. If um, you have, if you have insurance, um, there should be a number on the card where you call for questions and, and services. You can either go to their online website or you can even call them. So you don't necessarily have to go through your employer. Uh, I mean, you have to call, ask them directly. Usually yeah. your, your HR will be confidential, but you can call your insurance company directly. You, they will tell you if you're unsure of uh, if counseling services are covered. Um, and they also help you understand the confidentiality of that, depending on what type of position you're in. Um, but yeah, it's a lot easier now um, through your organization or just seeking on your own. And some telehealth uh, does cover take insurance, and some don't. But they're very usually very clear on their website for that. Yeah. yeah. Well, check it out. Check it out if you're listening to this and you haven't uh, and you haven't really looked into it yet. There you go. Yeah. This is a sign. Yeah. So um, let's kind of dive into the history of counseling. Sure. Now you okay. kind of mentioned it at the beginning. And it's been a long time since I've been in school. Um, <laughs> um, but kind of, let's kind of talk about kind of the how it started. Um, 
and I did a little bit of research, but not too much. <laughs> um, I think it started, I think it kind of started in late 1800s about that time. Um, you know, probably with earlier, I guess earlier, not early 1800s, but right. earlier kind of what in 1940s, I guess about Carl Rogers. Um, well, uh, kind of the bottom line is it started with the study of physiology, right? So psychology mm -hmm. is actually born out of the sciences mm -hmm. and, um, you know, you go way, way back and it was, you know, your philosophers were your scientists, right? They, and then, so as we move through the ages of progression and we have a branching off of philosophers and religious leaders and, and those questions of mankind, we, we have the breaking off of, you know, the, the natural, the, with the introduction of natural sciences, um, psychology asked a lot of those philosophical and religious questions about mankind, but actually was born out of science. So we share a lot uh -huh. of history with the natural sciences and, and math. And so those of you that remember, you know, ding the bell, salivate, you know, ding the bell, you know, the Pavlov mm -hmm. and the dog, that actually was physiology. You know, he was looking mm -hmm. at the, 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 um, salivatory processes of dogs and figured out, wow, mm -hmm. look, he just did something we call conditioning. And, and, uh, so it really kind of kind of came up through there. So um, by the time it kind of it, you know we didn't we didn't we'd like to think we started everything, but we in the United States did not. Um, so we also have you know Freud was greatly influenced by um, some other you know physicists. Well, they'd be physicists. They were all medically trained at the time, and um, so you had a lot going on in and Eastern uh, in European countries, and then mm -hmm. coming over to us. Um, it, you know, when we're in our United, in the United States and, and you just kind of have this birth of this movement we're hearing about, um, it really, psychology still asks those big questions. Why do people do what they do? Mm -hmm. And, but we had a big push to move away from science. Um, you know, so your, your William James was more about, uh, you know, how, how, you know, whatever it was more along the lines of, uh, social Darwinism, which mm -hmm. isn't kind of wasn't was not from darwin but just the idea of function right because because evolution is is very functional right there's a purpose yeah. for it so he so we really started with this idea of um it's it, it's what's the function of your behavior and it kind of which is you know you can't see function you can't hold it in your hand you can just ask people you know what the purpose of it for and and so then when you're you're thinking about like in the in the 40s we moved towards behaviorism and we just kind of culturally moved that way we moved out of the subjective into the if you can't see it if you can't measure it if you can't count it then it doesn't exist so mm -hmm. as science moved so did our understanding and our way of kind of studying human behavior so um that's that's happening with us at the same time freud's kind of going on with the whole psychic subconscious you know and and the you know the under layers of all who we are and a psychosexual mm -hmm. development and he came over to the united states and absolutely did not like us uh, did not like americans and that's okay we didn't really like him either um <laughs> And so, you know, Skinner and Watson, if you remember your behaviorists, they all kind of were, mm -hmm. well, Skinner was in a tizzy with, with Freud. They, they weren't best friends. And, um, and, and so what you're going to find, if you look at psychology is psychology follows other social, economic, and scientific movements. They, they aren't separate. Sometimes we lead, but most of the time we follow. And so 
so we, we shift to this, you have to account. So we were so behavioristic. We even, they even came out with parenting, you know, that way. So this really Ooh. harsh black and white. And finally they goes, oh, you know, behaviorism is really good, but you're missing part of people. And that's when your Carl Rogers comes in. Your, your Carl Rogers starts to talk about warmth and connection and, and mm -hmm. this idea of, of being, um, you know, we talk today about being connected as a counselor. You talk about that therapeutic alliance. It's, it is that connection of being present with someone, accepting mm -hmm. them where they are. So uh, Carl Rogers counseling didn't necessarily last, but his principles did. Um, and then kind of at the same time, we've got some folks like Abram Maslow, who who's also kind of rejecting or pushing back against behaviors a little bit and saying, you know, there's, there's, there's more to this and there's more even to Rogers and there's, there's more to these things. So you kind of have your first wave that most of you, if you've had an intracite class, you hear all these grand theories of Freud and, and, and Rogers and your humanist and, and behaviors and so on, but they weren't really good counseling. They were just more of these grand theories to help us understand mm -hmm. people born out of that's kind of your second wave. And, and, and that's where a lot of folks have heard counseling. They'll, they'll hear about a uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. So we added cognition to behaviorism and, and we have derivatives of that. And, and, um, psychoanalysis kind of died off because that was a long, long, like really long kind of therapy that didn't necessarily mm -hmm. get you anywhere, but you have a modern version called psychodynamic. And, and then you have, you know, we could kind of this, uh, again, more humanistic oriented and, um, so history-wise, if you really want to, you're interested in it, it's it's really yeah. more about you follow the trends and movements of what's happening socially and scientifically, psychology's right in the blend. It wasn't in its own silo. Yeah. So, um, well, so it kind of just grew over time. Well, it, it, it did, and it did the same ebb and flow, right? So mm -hmm. we were pretty, uh, we were pretty wild socially in the 20s, the roaring mm -hmm. 30s, you know, 20s and 30s, right? And then we got really, 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 really conservative in terms of uh, rigidity of behavior as we got into the 40s and 50s, right? So mm -hmm. uh, the leave it to beaver, June cleaver, black, white, this is what we do, binary, like, kind of rigid roles that mm -hmm. wasn't the twenties and thirties. Right. So, I mean, yeah. we swung from one end to the other. And so then we come back to our real reactive sixties. Well, the really reactive break loose sixties is also the time of Carl Rogers and humanism. We're back to subjective and whatever your reality is and what do you want? And it's about relationships. So you're going to find the history of psychology moves with society and sciences, understanding of human behavior. And, and so it's, it's not really that freakish. It's just, just watch the pendulum swing in what we did through generational movements. And you're going to yeah. see our understanding kind of progress. But I think the key that underscores all of it is for the, the majority of folks today that don't necessarily understand the history of psychology, you know, but a counseling is that when it became known to the general public, um, especially the, the postmodern, um, the stereotype that came with it really was born out of this idea of Freud, even though mm -hmm. Freud does not represent counseling. He is yeah. the moniker that most people believe. And with him comes the idea that you need counseling if you're broken. You need yeah. counseling if you're weak. You need counseling if you can't pull yourself up by your bootstraps and fix it. And so it was a really one-dimensional it's a really one dimensional need of counseling that mm -hmm. has just been in the 10, we'll say 10 to 20 years that has, we've, we've, we're breaking out of that understanding. Yeah. Yeah.
Well, like you, I mean, like you said, society's changing. Human yeah. beings cha- are changing, and uh, that that really does show just with the history of psychology there too. They're they're, yeah. they're changing with the societal right. beliefs, norms, whatever, and they're making it so that they can help people in any aspect or yeah, know, help many. the people. Help people in the way they need to be helped. <laughs> That's right. And, and I think as we progress with most things, I mean, you see it with, with medication. I mean, that could be a whole mm-hmm. other podcast. We could talk about, you know, the history of counseling going along with the history of psychotropic medication, right? Psychoactive yeah. meds. Uh, and then they do actually follow somewhat of a parallel line is that for all the things we get wrong, we get a few right. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, I mean, so there's, you know, there's good and bad that comes with progress. And, and I think just as a society, we're constantly in, uh, if we can remain vigilant to go, okay, this part is good, but it's also revealing what's not good. And, 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 okay, let's pick up what's good and let's move on. And, and we've got to be able to release our grip a little bit on the all or nothing and, and let some things go that we found out that that's not really good. <laughs> that that's yeah. not good for us. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so overall, I guess just if you can sum it up into one sentence or two mm-hmm. sentences, if, or just, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, um, what is the purpose of of counseling sure today i believe that it is a a partnership or pathway to help a person establish a a whole person health goal or goals um and or you know see if i'm say don't quote me on that one i I really i really i really just you know shoved you in a corner i was (laughs) like two sentences no (laughs) well you know and and i think that's really what it is today it it, it's It is from the range of where you are mm-hmm. um, because your physical health is connected to your mental health and your mental health is connected to the physical. I mean, mm-hmm. we can make that. I think I honestly, I think uh, it, it, the simplest examples of it, you know, you behave and act and take in stimuli different when you're hungry than when you're full, different mm-hmm. when you're tired and when you're rested, right? It, it's, there's a reciprocal relationship between, my physical state and my mental state. And so mm-hmm. there, there's in, in my spiritual state and uh, my connectedness, my social state, they're all interconnected. So yeah. counseling really is a partnership um, to join in the achievement of a whole person health goal. And you yeah. may not address all those areas in those sessions or in that group, but it's, but it's that partnership along the way to help you achieve whole person health. It is not because you're broken. Yeah. Well, and I think that this is one of the main aspects of it is, you know, people, just like you said, people think that, oh, well, I'm, I'm not broken or I'm not, you know, I don't need yeah. this type of thing. Um, but every, you can't just, you can't just say, oh, this person's this. Okay. So they need to go here. This person's right. this, so they need to go right. here. Right. Everything comes together and prime example, prime example is one person can experience one thing and one person can experience another thing, but those two people can experience the same thing at the same time and become completely different people. Exactly. Um, you it know, is. it's just yeah. like the example of, you know, two people live in a bad part of town. One yeah. person wants to get out of it. One person, uh, you know. Maybe they want to get out of it, but they don't know how, and they don't have the willingness to. Right, or um, the resources, yeah. The resources, um, Mm -hmm. and you've got one person that becomes very successful, and the other person maybe not so successful. Right. Um, But both of those people came from the same 
type of environment, the same right. type of situations. Um, but maybe, but maybe, you know, the person who met the coach or the right. person who met the teacher, you know, and the other person didn't meet that person or didn't meet right. that thing. So it's, it's not just about, oh, well, you both live in the bad side of town. So you both are going to become this. No, that's yeah. yep. not. And I think that's where a lot of people, they struggle with that because they right. think, oh, I'm never going to get out of here. I'm never sure. going to be better. And they just are like, well, I just better sit down and, you know, take right. it. Well, or even the flip side of, you know, I had this, my, my, you know, my family is intact and we do have this house and we do have this, how come I'm struggling? I shouldn't be struggling. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have yeah. this, you know, and yeah, we, we do a lot of comparison and, you know, yeah, we could, we compare with each other, but yes. it doesn't make us who we are. Right. Absolutely. We, you know, we are not our barriers. We are mm -hmm. not our challenges. That is not our identity. Some people choose to make it their identity and focus on it, but we are not. Um, our stories may have been written as children, but we had the capacity to write those as we move forward. And, and sometimes we have more resources um, than others. And, and my hope is that counseling then provides folks with resources um, to, so that they are more empowered and equipped to write those future chapters. Um, yeah. But uh, if I can, I, I um, just to kind of give an, an, an illustration and maybe yeah. I'm, you're my test subject to see if this is helpful to understand kind of uh -oh. where I think counseling is today. Um, uh -huh. I won't, I won't tell you about statistics or ask you to remember, cause we all, we covered that you didn't take statistics, but um, if, if you, if you have like a, a continuum, right? So left hand, right, you know, right hand, so you got this continuum uh -huh. and you go right in the middle and we put zero in the middle. When, when we talk about, you're broken or you have pathology, which is usually symptomology. So the medical or clinical term we talk about pathology simply means it's, it's symptomology. And, and sometimes when you get into really chronic and persistent mental illness, it, it's, there are things that are added to, so it's considered like positive symptomology. Like you'll see things that aren't there, hear things. So, I mean, now we're in kind of mm -hmm. really serious mental illness and, and some things are more of like a lowered affect or like it's diminished, right. Kind of, kind of symptoms. So you can liken it, you know, when you have the flu, you, you usually um, think about your health, the presence of symptoms, it moves you to the minus zero. So now we're like minus one, minus two, minus three on this continuum because you have the presence of symptoms. Um, the old understanding of psychology was because you have symptoms. There's something wrong with you. You have mm -hmm. this illness, right? And and so the the idea, and people still do this today, like they'll come in and say, well, I, I have anxiety and I, I, want, I want to get, you know, ask the goal. I want to get rid of my anxiety. Mm -hmm. I, I, I want to, I don't want to be depressed anymore. And, and what they're really saying, if you can imagine this continuum, I, I'm like at a minus four and I want, I want it to be gone. And what they don't quite understand in that moment is they do. And we want to help abate that symptom, those symptoms uh, and, and the discomfort and the distress they cause. But removing the symptoms only gets them back to a zero. There's a whole other part of the human experience that is about flourishing and thriving and satisfaction and love and connection and community that is not addressed in, in the symptomology realm. And, and I would be remiss to say to somebody, yeah, I would be good. You know, let, let's only get you to zero. Um, uh -huh. There's a whole other half of the human condition that is about when things excel, when things go well. And what has opened up in the last, really about 40, 50 years, but it's really just been the last 20 that we talk about it in. And we, we've explored it is that it's not something's wrong with me. I have to get counseling. It's I'm struggling. 
there's a whole lot of other options in between I have a mental illness, you know, or I'm, I'm broken. And so we do need counseling when we have people that are experiencing distress and and discomfort and they feel like I'm struggling or I'm stuck or um, I I can't manage this experience I have. And and so there, there, we do need to be there to help abate that as much as possible. Um, But then we also want to be able to say that, can I also help you flourish? What does it look to thrive? And, Mm -hmm. and I think the misnomer people kind of come in saying is, well, I have to be experiencing all this to need help, which is not true. Sometimes we're like, you know, just because you're not sick doesn't mean you're healthy, right? So you could, you could not have symptoms and still not be healthy. So you could not be morbidly obese. You know, you could be like right there in the normal, but still not be physically fit. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, so just because you don't have symptoms doesn't mean you're thriving. So there's, there's this idea that I'm going to come in like anxiety and say, okay, I, I, I don't want to feel anxious anymore. Well, that's actually not very realistic. I mean, yeah. anxiety is a part of the norm of our life. You know, it's a future oriented fear, but mm-hmm. I think a better question is, can we manage it? Can we diminish it to the point that it has this normative sense and there's just a little bit of that gentle rocking, like, you, you know, you get on a really calm lake, right? You know, it's, it, it, it just rocks a little bit and it's actually, I mean, it just, this is life and you have the resources and skills to rescue yourself. So you don't feel like your mm-hmm. boat's going to tip over or yeah. that every breeze is not going to be a hurricane, right? It's it, or a typhoon. I mean, it's going to be okay. And you have confidence, you can manage it, but to set a goal for yourself that uh, I'm going to go to counseling so I don't feel anxious anymore. Isn't very realistic. Yeah. So there's a normative experience of we all have these experiences they don't mean you're broken you don't have to be deficient to need assistance and it all has value both removing and helping with symptoms but also learning to flourish in a normal capacity yeah so yeah i know that was long so i don't know if that makes sense but no it makes sense and uh that was my rabbit trail for the day. Yeah, so. Which is good. No, I love that. I love that. But no, I mean, that, that made a hundred percent sense. I agree with it. Um, and yeah, I mean, that makes, that makes so much sense with just with everything that we've mentioned so far, you are not broken. You may need assistance. You may need help in, you know, dealing with certain things that you don't like about yourself or mm-hmm. that you're struggling with, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that um we're going to remove it from you um it right. just helps you manage it it helps you mm-hmm. um you know live with it right i guess right. in a sense yeah and and hopefully it gives us the resources that when it creeps mm-hmm. up again like if you know if i start to experience something that maybe is you know a little older had managed but man i never experienced this season of life and and i didn't know that it was going to get kind of pulled up by this thing and you know, it would be good just to process that with somebody. So maybe I can get a little bit different perspective skill to like, okay, to me, okay, I got, you know, so yeah. just to a whole different kind of mindset than I think our, our past introduction in our country um, to counseling and some people still kind of carry today is, um, you know, it's, it's, well, it's not bad enough. I don't need a counselor. Well, you know, okay. There's definitely a challenge. Counseling costs money. So you don't need yeah. to spray. Well, but there's a lot of other new mechanisms for counseling that maybe don't cost. And 
it really is a tremendous gift to just be able to say, I'm, I'm even for a short, short amount of time. Um, I'm, I'm just going to meet with someone who will totally be invested in me for this very brief time so I can help get this goal so that I can continue to live and flourish and thrive and functioning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we kind of mentioned it already, but back in the day and maybe still to this day, you know, in some yeah. aspects, but uh, there has always been kind of a negative thought process or connotation when it comes to seeking uh, mm -hmm. counseling. Um, you know, why do you think that is? I, I, and I think we kind of mentioned it mm -hmm. a little bit is just, well, um, if I go to counseling, I'm broken. Or, yeah. you know, or you, oh, you don't have it all together. You need counseling. Right. Oh, right. that's, um, yeah, I'm, yes. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but kind of in a broader sense, um, why do you think that people have kind of a, well, I, I can't go to counseling. Right. You know, they're kind of, there's just kind of a negative thought process right. behind it. Why do you yeah. think that is? Um, I tend to, I tend to go into the, the frame that I think that some folks are given especially as young people, a really narrow narrative. This mm -hmm. is counseling is for this. And, 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 and usually this is attached to something derogatory or, or diminishing or unhealthy. And then the, it's usually countered by, and you're not that, you know, it's for those who are weak and, and I didn't raise you to be that way. I mean, so there's some really kind of old parental narratives that, mm -hmm. that people still cling to. Was uh, there like a I don't want to, I don't want to interrupt no, your okay. thought process. Um, no. but, uh, was there like, was there like a specific generational thing, like a certain um, time where, yeah. you know, sure. Um, you know, it would only be my guess. I haven't, I haven't looked yeah. at that. If I went back kind of looking generationally, guesses work I, too. okay. <laughs> I, I would, I would, cause I would go back with that social movement, right? I would say mm -hmm. as in the forties and fifties, moving out of the, the twenties and thirties into that, that more, uh, when, when social and gender roles are defined, this is what women do and this is what men do. Um, we have a, then what we get is this really narrow definition of what is and is not. And anything outside of that then is a deviant or is uh, problematic or is wrong or broken or fixed. And so mm -hmm. um, we had a really narrow social narrative um, that we, we broke out of, but you, you have those generational messages, right. That, that convey down. And, and I, you do see it in, um, uh, some religious, um, movements and, and that are still mm -hmm. present today that, that, that talk about it. It demonstrates a weakness for some, they'll say it demonstrates a weakness of faith, right. That you just don't believe enough. Cause so there's a, uh, a, a, a belief system, um, that is, um, again, a whole other podcast, but, uh, I, I know I would lead to not biblical, but I just offended somebody, but I don't, it, I, it really, I don't believe, and I would actually kind of march up that hill, um, that that's not biblical, but, um, so there's, I think there's some belief systems. I think there's generational mm -hmm. belief systems. And honestly, then I think there, there hasn't been some systemic, uh, belief. So again, in the, you don't separate social from organization. So, you know, we can think the military was a great example. Uh, police law enforcement is a great example where you need psychological um, really sharpness and, and, um, and kind of mindset. And then, you know, again, we, we get that understanding. You can see PTSD, right. Is, is mm -hmm. the great, greatest example, right. It's, it's because you're weak, right. It was, is, you know, mm -hmm. a shell shock. It, it's a weak personality. It's, it's, you know, we go, and then it took however many years before they started to recognize, Oh, Oh, maybe the human 
you know, humans weren't really intended to experience that kind of trauma yeah. and it does something to us as opposed to it's a flaw of the person. So I think socially, we always, as a country, we point inward first. Um, you know, you can go back to your social, uh, um, oh, Jeff Elliott would chastise me for forgetting this, but um, the, the social attribution error. Thank you. Yes. Um, you know, <laughs> I know I could, I could hear him just, that. But you know, when when we see deficits in other people, we don't mm -hmm. go, "Wow, your context may have, uh, have, have attributed to that." We point, look at the person. You must be weak, wrong, bad, or whatever, and you deserve that. Where if it mm -hmm. happens to us, we we attribute it to context, right? This happened to me, as opposed to it's about me. So we did that socially, and again, the the military is a great experience of that. But the military has also made a huge, massive push to be able to say, to bring in mental health, to say, this will not go on your record. Please go get help. You know, they've, they've done a tremendous job bringing in resources, but man, social messages take a long time to die, especially if they're put in with um, generational family messages, you know? Yeah. So um, culture shifts are hard. Um, but we, but again, I, I can't think of Michael, uh, any, you know, Michael Phelps is a great example. When we have people that have influencer status come out and identify um, with, with a level of, with truth, right? Not just for showing us, you know, when he, when he started to do some commercials and I, I don't remember which uh, therapy service he used, but he just talked about this helped me. And it was something to, I, I apologize for not knowing which one it was, but, um, mm -hmm. but he had came out with several commercials talking about how much he benefited from counseling um, those help to break those stigmas and those narratives, um, yeah. you know, quite a bit. And do you think that we're breaking them even more so now in this day and age with, I mean, pre-pandemic <laughs> even, like you said, or yeah. do you think that there is still kind of like a, a negativeness to it? Um, you know, I, I think it's probably more widely accepted than it ever has been. Um, yeah. I, I think you hear about anxiety, depression, um, struggle tied to the pandemic uh, through media in, in a ways that you never heard about mental illness to this degree. So I think the, um, I, I do think the openness, the acceptance, the fact that we're, we're, you know, we're talking about suicide now and we've helped to understand, don't be afraid to talk about it. Talking about it doesn't lead someone to this and, and we have to normalize it and just, I, I do. I think we are, at least our, we're not there yet, but our trajectory has shifted and we're aimed towards, um, and openness of, you know, I think we've been able to publicize the detrimental effects of it enough that people are starting mm -hmm. to say, yeah, I, I, you're always going to find individuals, right? Cause, cause what we're talking about is broad sweep, but I think mm -hmm. our, the trajectory of our, of our culture has changed. Um, and I'm hoping our discussion well, five years from now will sound really different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I think another thing is too, is, you know, just, just dealing with me in my everyday life, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not a psychologist or I don't, you know, do counseling or anything mm -hmm. like that, but just dealing with, not dealing with, uh, yeah. living, <laughs> with living. interacting, living yes. with people, um, yeah. you know, or a friend of mine, you know, they just talk about, you know, some of the issues that they have. And I, and I don't label it, but I say, you know what that is, right? Yeah. They're like, no. And I'm like, this is what this is. And they're like, what <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like they don't realize what it is until you say you know this is like an actual mental health illness type of situation like people deal with like this all the time and they yeah. you know you can go to counseling or you can um yeah. you know talk to somebody about this and they're like what 
And I'm like, yeah, yeah this isn't just you. <laughs> so right. I think, I think a lot of people, they don't, they don't want to, you know, I use the word label, um, uh -huh. you know, and whenever we use the word label, we think of a kind of a negative thing as well. Right. Like, oh, they labeled me. Right. But when you put a name to mm -hmm. a situation or a feeling or, you know, whatever, um, right. it kind of becomes real. And it, and not only does it become real and maybe mm -hmm. scary in a sense, but it becomes fixable. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. it, you know, it's yeah. like, oh, I can't deal with this. This is too much for me. <laughs> right. You know what that is, right? And then they're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah that's right. So I think that aspect of things, too, is a thing that people don't uh, really think about. Right. And I, I, I think about that as, or I tend to frame it as naming versus labeling. And, <laughs> yeah. and the reason I say that is because um, I know the history of labeling, you know, starting in school and labels. And mm. it's, you know, we know historically it landed in that spot that there's always going to be some people that now identify you as that, as opposed to simply a behavior or a challenge or barrier. But if mm -hmm. we name it, you get the result of exactly what you talked about. It, it, again, you liken that to like diabetes, man, once we know this is what it is, now I can figure out what to do. So if we just name it, it also takes the mystery out of it. I think it, it, it kind of, yeah. it, it, like you, just like you said, it makes it a little bit more manageable, a lot less like I'm the only one. So we normalize it, right? There's others that struggle. And if I can understand what you're saying, then obviously other people can too. It's not that freakishly weird, which is yeah. where most people sit with it in their mind is I'm the only one and nobody gets it. And I mean, not to be like super snarky or anything. Humans, <laughs> we're not that complicated. I mean, we really only struggle with a few things. Yes. The hard part <laughs> is we, we typically always start struggling alone. So yeah. because we are unique in our experience of it, because it's our experience, it mm -hmm. feels very alone. But in the mm. breadth of humanity, we don't really struggle with that many things. Yeah. You know, so. Well, the next topic, and I hope we're not beating a dead horse right now, <laughs> um, but uh, the pros of, of counseling. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about kind of some pros. Um, I kind of wrote down, you know, you better yourself. Um, mm -hmm. You help with thought processes, mm -hmm. thinking things yeah. through. Um, you know, and you kind of mentioned at the beginning, this isn't just I'm broken or I have anxiety or I'm depressed right. or I'm this or I'm that. It's a, you know, can I, you know, thought processes through majoring in school or right. I mean, marriage counseling. Yeah. It's a yeah. huge thing. It's huge. Yeah. Um, and so it's not just, um, it's not just about me or, you know, I'm having this problem, but it's, I, I've thought about yeah. um doing some counsel uh, counseling um yeah just for being like hey i need to talk this out do you have like 10 minutes yeah yeah <laughs> that's why i have friends <laughs> that right. are like you that's um right. but uh i don't need to pay for it i just walk in and say that's hey right. <laughs> that's right but well, uh but, but you know i think that's a good point though because again I, I i think we're the more aware we become, I think then the more options are, you know, just, just like, you know, when you'd show up sometimes like, Hey, can we, we chat? I wasn't your therapist, mm -hmm. but, but I, I, so I can, you know, we talk about informal counseling or coaching or mentoring, right? So we've expanded the definition of help. And, mm -hmm. and so, I mean, there, when you think about, man, I just need some wisdom. I, I, you know, I, I need, you, you know, maybe I'll, I'll give you one of the cons is I, I think something that often we don't, think about in counseling is I just need a new frame 
Like, mm-hmm. or I need a new lens. Cause usually when we're so in our own experience, it feels like this is how it is. We forget, mm-hmm. no, it's just how I'm seeing it. And, and if I could get with somebody, it's like, and I could say, okay, here's what I've been experiencing. And here's how I, you know, I, I feel, I hurt, I, this or that, what am I not seeing? How could I see it differently? Um, and if you seek someone with some wisdom who really will listen to you and really make sure they understand what you're saying and then can provide, you're going to find that that new perspective can radically change the trajectory of the next chapter that you're about to write. Mm-hmm. And, and yet, you know, it doesn't have to be a formal counselor. I just yeah. would ask that you be wise about who you seek, but yet okay. seek informal counseling from. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny. So uh, come back to bring it back to right before we started recording. Um, I said, you know, the point of this podcast is uh, to learn new things and to, uh, you know, gain gain new things in life. And you said, well, I'm not going to be very good at the learning thing, but I will share my perspective. Oh, sorry <laughs> and then I said, it. hey, sometimes sharing a perspective yeah. will teach you something that you've never thought of. So a- and you just you just nailed it right on the head with what you just said. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it's so true. Um, just yeah. getting a different perspective yeah. is huge in some yeah. in some cases. Yeah. Um, any other pros that you can think um, of? You, know, I think it just add it it, it introduces hope mm-hmm. in replace of desperation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wish we didn't have to wait till we were desperate um, to seek help, but when we are, it's truly there's a there's a proportional relationship. The the higher our desperation, the lower our hope. And we know that in the absence of hope, you know, um, I think if, if anything that pro is, um, whether you're going to seek that out from wise counsel, from somebody who truly, they don't just get, they don't give you advice. They truly will listen to you and mm-hmm. seek what you need and, and to be able to provide, whether that's perspective or guidance or, or, or mentoring, or you get into formal counseling yeah. is that it, 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 it can, it, it can replace desperation with hope. And, um, and again, I, I don't want to kind of keep beating that, but you know, desperation is really a, kind of a terminated future orientation. Like I can't see that the next day is going to be different, any different mm-hmm. than the moment I'm standing in where hope changes your future orientation. Mm-hmm. So even what you per- you perceive that life can be like, or work can be like, or marriage can be like, or, or your kids can be like, or high school can be like, mm-hmm. uh, changes with hope. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of the, it kind of talk is a great example of what we talked about earlier with the situations of the two people, you know, one yeah. person kind of has a hope for something more while the other person really doesn't really right. experience hope. It's just desperation yep. and they, they feel like yeah. they can't. There's yeah. no hope to spark the fire. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, what about cons of, of counseling? Are there really any cons? I mean. Yeah. Well, okay. I'll tell you. I think there are. I mean, okay. I, I do. Um, you know, so uh, as as you you know, we went to a faith. I taught at a faith-based school. And, mm-hmm. and I've hung my shingle as a faith-based counselor, but I've also worked in some uh, non-faith-based entities. Um, and. my word of caution has been in both spaces. Um, Be a wise consumer about who you go see, 
Um, and I would mm. never encourage anybody to shop around like, okay, well, I don't like what you're saying to me. <laughs> so I'm going to go find somebody else, but yeah, don't, but you don't are, do that. <laughs> yeah. But you are a consumer. Um, I, okay. So, you know, full disclosure, uh, as an undergrad, I, I had to build up a lot of courage to go most, most, uh, I went to a state school, um, in a different state and, uh, and I decided I'm going to go to the counseling center. I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going to do this. And so I geared myself up. I, I filled out the little you know application and I got my appointment and I show up. I mean, and it took everything I had in me to be able to go to say, I'm going to say words out loud that I have never said. Um, and the person I sat across from, the professional I sat across from, I'm sure now as a, as a clinician, I understand this of what she read. But that person read this and started to ask me questions that were not related to what I thought to me. They were about family origin and felt, you know, different context. And, and I said, well, yeah, I don't want to talk about that. I, I, I thought we were going to, you know, I was going to get to talk or, or say something. And this mm -hmm. person stayed within this frame of questioning, would not explain it. I mean, I, I'm a little distressed mm -hmm. sitting in a seat and I never went back. Yeah. I never went back. And, and again, you know, the, the training I got, I, I went, wow, because I'm kind of a textbook case. You know, I mean, had I known then <laughs> what I knew now, I was like, I totally get why she was going. Yeah. But her, but she wasn't able to be with me. I mean, she yeah. wasn't able to be present. So, I, I, I mean, the, the truth is there's a there's probably more really, really good clinicians than not. Mm -hmm. um, but be a consumer, be an advocate for yourself or have somebody with you, not necessarily in session, but that, that can be an advocate to say, you know, I, I don't know if you don't feel heard and you don't feel understood, understood, or you feel like there's an agenda that, that does not align. Um, it's okay to, to, to not go find someone else. Um, now, again, that's not because you're telling me something I don't want to hear. Um, mm. you know, so, like I said, just let, let's let's be open, honest consumers, right? Mm -hmm. it, it is, um, and be graceful and compassionate to yourself. I, I think when we think about um, counseling, counseling can people can also set themselves up when they go um, that, like, again, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I gotta do this, and then my anxiety is gonna be gone. Well, you know, first of all, if it took you that long to get there, it's gonna take a little bit. You know, um, and it's may, it's probably going to be a little bit more painful than it's not painful until it gets better. Right. You know, mm -hmm. cause you're actually going to do some hard stuff. Um, not everybody's willing to give themselves some compassion. I, I think sometimes we, um, point the finger of blame and shame and, and comparison. And so I, I think there is a con that if you don't have a counselor, who's going to speak into you to remind you, um, mm -hmm. what it means to be just as graceful and compassionate towards yourself as you would somebody else. Um, it, it, it's hard. Uh, it's hard work to be real. Um, and it also costs money. So, so that's another yeah. challenge, right? I mean, it, it, it's time, it's <clears throat> money. You may not have family members who, again, their narrative may be so narrow. They don't see the value. They even question you. Well, why do you need counseling? Which immediately discounts, right? It makes you feel like you have to justify. Mm. Um, so I just think there's some risk. I think they're worth it, but you know, there's, there's some cons. Yeah. Yeah. Just like in anything, there's good and bad. Yeah, in exactly. Exactly. Um, 
One thing I remember uh, learning in your class is at the end of uh, teaching us about the ins and out of psychology and the history and addiction and whatever, um, you have you you usually had a section over grace. It was literally mm-hmm. just a subject of grace, um, which you kind of added that uh, yourself. It's not like you got that from a, wor- a workbook or anything. You kind of added that yourself. And, uh, you know, humans are rough and we mess up a lot. Yeah. And uh, one of the things about counseling is it's said you can help, you know, it's always said that you can help to a certain point and then it is on that person that's seeking it uh, to help themselves or not. But grace is a huge aspect of it. And I think that's just a big thing. I think that's a big thing. I think you think that's a big thing as well. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and maybe, uh, you know, I'm guilty of just projecting myself onto my classes, which I'm sure I do. Um, like every teacher does. You know, like every teacher does. I, I uh, you know, having, having some, uh, some struggle in my early chapters of life, um, I'm very sensitive to being backed into a corner, especially as it means that we group people by they and them. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy when people struggle to talk about them, you know, those people, you know, mm-hmm. the ones that deal with this or they deal with that. And the problem is that we've just lumped everybody into um, this group and we have not, we're not seeing the person for the person. And when we can't see you as a person, we forget how hard it is to be where they are. Um you know, so I know we, I intentionally talk about this with addi- in addictions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I say this because as I started as an addictions counselor and uh, it was a hard, it was a hard message to have to convey. And, and I think there had to be yeah. some maturity for me, but uh, I would, I would meet some folks seeking, seeking help, but they just come to me and, and I'm, you know, I probably looked about 14 years old at that time. And, and I mean, I, you know, and, and they're like, you know, were you ever an addict? Were you ever, you know, did you ever do this? And, 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 and the real answer was no, but I'm not here to show you how to be an addict. I'm here to help, help you live a life that's clean and sober. And um, that's easy to discount, but I have to be able to say that and to be in the moment to be able to see and recognize the pain that you're in. That's going to generate that when you wake up that next morning, your best option that you see for the day is to get high again because your distress is so great Mm -hmm. that you can't stand it. And that artificial high is so much better than staying present. And and if I can't see that and understand how difficult it is, while at the same time helping to resource and equip you to to live clean and sober, um, I'm not going to be able to be effective. And and that's regardless for for whomever we work with. And so I think the caveat when we start talking about human behavior for all of us is grace does not excuse offense. So it it does not excuse uh, victimization. It doesn't excuse, but when we're with somebody to really truly try to understand who you are and to remember in that moment that God's grace and mercy um, is as real and present for that person as it is for me. And there is not a day that I have breath that I don't realize that I am a moment or a decision or, I mean, truthfully, it's a few, it would have to be a few decisions away, you know, 
but it's only by the grace of God that I'm not in that space. And it's not mm-hmm. a hierarchy of I'm better than you. It's that that re- that remembrance that somewhere along the way, I was either given resources, exposure, protection, or, or whatever that was to not go down that path of whatever that path is. Um, and just to be extend that, I, I just think it's easy to lose mm-hmm. perspective um, when we get caught up in the why. Wow. That's a good topic to end on. (laughs) That's Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. 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 I mean, that's, it's, it's so true. And you know, it's such a very complex ordeal, but yet, like you said, it's not, No, (laughs) it's, it's it's complex, but it's not humans. You know, we deal with the same stuff uh, and we all just are kind of going through life not yeah. knowing if anyone else is dealing with anything else. Yeah. And we're, you know, you got the people who know that people are dealing with everything else and you right. got the people who don't know that people that's are right. dealing with everything else or you the know, same I, thing. That's right. I think in the bottom line though, is because we were never meant to travel this world alone. Hmm. And, I, and I think yeah. sometimes we are fortunate that we have someone intimately in our life that can provide that safety net, that resource, that assurance, that this, and then there are times we need a little bit more. And I think there's an ebb and flow to that. And if we, mm-hmm. our narrative is broad enough to give us the freedom to say, you know what, I, I have these people, but I need to call this person or I need to go maybe seek a little bit more help. It's because mm-hmm. we never, never were designed to walk this earth alone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so good. Um, any last topics or thoughts before we wrap it up? It I is mean, just, that was a, that was a great ending. I mean. <laughs> it's just so good to hear your voice. And I so look forward to, to, uh, to game night. We're, we're looking forward to that. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes, I just, I just think, you know, be real, be, you know, know your limits, be a good listener, be a safe person, be mm-hmm. able to be about somebody else, but also let people be about you give, be able to willing to receive the same compassion that you give. Be willing to receive and embody the same forgiveness that you offer to others. You know, treat yourself on the inside as kindly as you would somebody else. Yeah. The golden rule. The golden rule. There you go. Counseling is a very helpful and good practice to better yourself and to help you through uh, tough times or just anything that you're going through. It should never uh, have a negative feeling behind it. You know, I think Dr. Hale mentioned, you know, this kind of, but we exercise our body to be healthy, you know, physically, but we also need to exercise our mind to have a healthy mental state as well. And I don't think a lot of people think about that. So um, thank you so much for coming on the show, Dr. Hale. Um, I appreciate it so much. I love the conversation. So good to be with you. Thank you so much. (laughs) You're welcome. And uh, thank you for listening, you listeners out there. You can find episodes really wherever podcast episodes are found, as you probably know. You can also find uh, me on Facebook. If you have not followed me there, shame on you. You should go do it. Uh, Go check me out there. But uh, thanks again. Stay safe out there. And remember, you don't care.